0: The end of that video totally sounded like like an NBC special to me. The more you know, that's just what I thought. I thought it ruined the video, but I like the idea of the video. And that's what we're talking about. So here you go. I'm just getting completely honest up here. Uh, How have been doing? To- that was fake, but I'll take it. Um, okay. Let me just say, uh, I love those girls in Porsche. Good, That last song that she talked about uh, has been one of those songs that's just led me to the throne for the last, I don't know, six, seven months. The CD came out. Great, great, great CD. I told you guys about it last week, Hillsong. And if you're lacking for Christian music, go to Mardell tomorrow. Go to LifeWay, I think they have them at Walmart. Go check them out, good stuff. But uh, man, it's good stuff. Um, So here's the deal. We're, we're going to take off where we left off last week. And uh, how many were here last week? Show hands? Like, high hands. i got lights in my eyes. I can't see. Okay, alright. So we're going to be bridging the gap for a couple people here. Um, two weeks ago, who's here two weeks ago when we showed the video? Alright, really bridging the gap here. Here's the deal. Here's where we started because it's kind of the end of a three-week journey. Uh, we showed this video of this guy that happens to be one of my, my heroes in ministry, Andy Stanley. Okay? And he did this uh, talk at a conference called Catalyst back in October. And uh, he was talking about what it means to be marked by God. And he started off this, this message by saying something that's just jarred my life. And it's kind of been the topic that we've talked about in this series. Anybody remember the quote? It obviously didn't make much of an impact. Anybody? What man? What man is a man that? Go ahead, put it up on the screen for us. What man is a man who does not leave his world better? It was a line from uh, Kingdom of Heaven, and it was a video about a movie about war, and this guy was talking to somebody else. He said, "What man is a man that does not leave his world better?" And I mean that nailed me because I started thinking about all the influences that I've had uh, over over time. So I thought about that. Um, in fact, I had a friend from high school. Some of you have heard me say in the past that if, if I were to meet the people that I was with in high school, like my classmates, my teammates, my friends, and people that I was going to church with and stuff, is if I was to sit across from the table with them now, that they would probably laugh at, them, laugh at me if I said, Hey, I'm a youth pastor. I just probably think because I, I acted like a moron in high school. Just a complete moron. And some of you are like, what changed? (laughs) Uh, So, not much, apparently, because you're laughing. Uh, So the deal is that I get a text this week from one of the guys I went to high school with. He's a trucker, which I think is funny, because when I think trucker, I think like old men with long beards like Santa Claus. But this 27-year-old guy is a truck truck driver, and he said, I'm pulling through Little Rock. Do you have time to, to meet? And at that time, my wife was very sick. And uh, I said, okay, I'd love to meet with you. I can't, uh, my wife is sick, I, I just can't do it. So uh, he said, that's cool, you know, I'm just gonna be here for about an hour or so. I'm on a layover and then I have to, and I don't know what that means in trucker language. I'm thinking airports, and he's a truck driver. But he says, I'm gonna be here for about an hour. So if you have time, cool, if you don't, we'll do it next time because I'm a truck driver and I'm through all the time. like, so whatever. So anyway, he uh, texts me back about an hour later. He says, you wouldn't believe what happened. I was sitting in a, in a bus station of all places, and this local church brings by free food for all the people that were just straining. And I was like, what? Who brings free food to a bus station? I've never heard of that happening. I've heard, like, Celebrate Recovery, and, and there's, you know, services on Sundays and Wednesdays and stuff. I've never heard of people randomly taking food to a bus station. I think that's awesome. And so he said, I guess there are still some good people left in this world. I'm like, oh, gosh. God, here we go. So uh, I'm like, that's crazy, you know, and and that's awesome. And he says, he says, yeah, I used to be a religious person, which to me says a lot about him uh, when he said that. He said, I used to be a religious person, but then I I met all these people that just were fake and these corrupt church leaders, and and I just ran away from God, and I, I really haven't run back since. But it's really funny that that happened while I'm talking to you. He said, because you're a youth pastor, aren't you? And I'm like, He knows. What's he gonna do? Uh, And uh, so I'm like, yeah, I'm a a good pastor. And I said, and it's, I think it's awesome that that happened to you because I think that's not an accident. And I think that God is doing something in your life, and that He wants uh, He wants to draw you back to Him, honestly. And uh, he said, whoa, what happened to the Mormon you in high school? And I was like. I don't know I start reading the Bible, I guess. Um, I mean, this guy, this guy and I used to use words. Not a good situation, you know what I mean? We used to joke about stuff that's not good. We used to talk about people in a, in a really terrible way. I mean, we were, we were full on. And he knew I was a Christian back then, which is the disappointing part for me. So I said that to him and he said, why, why did you have to go get all insightful on me? And I'm like didn't really think it was like insightful but I really think that God has doing something in your life and I think not only that but he wants to use your story to help other people that have gone through the same kind of journey that you have and I was like alright he said I was like wow I never really thought about it that way and so at that point I'm kind of like man I wish I could have just sat in front of him and said this face to face because it was this moment I know that we didn't get a chance to and, and you know honestly he was like 45 minutes away I would have only had 10 minutes with him it didn't make sense but and, you know, uh, I got a chance to almost redeem that. We're going to be talking about that tonight. What uh, it's like to redeem uh, the mistakes that you've made um, through Jesus. Because uh, this quote means a lot, but it doesn't mean anything unless you've got Jesus in your life. So what man is a man who does not leave his world better? The the whole idea of this series is that we're talking about what kind of mark you're going to leave on this world. Okay? What kind of mark are you going to leave on this world? Well, how are you going to influence this world? How are you going to change this world? How is it going to be different because of you. You know, you're, you're going to have a footprint on this planet. And not only on the, the physical planet, but on the lives of everyone around you. And it's either going to be good or bad. I mean, it's not going to be neutral. It's going to go one way or the other. And so it kind of got me thinking, you know, what what is this about? And something that Andy said in the video is he said, it's not so much about what kind of mark you're making, but what kind of mark God is going to make through you. And then it was just crazy because you got thinking about it. It's not even, it's not like... All these different people in this room have different stories that are going this different this way. You know, it's like there's a highway and we're all on it. Okay, And we're all living part of that big story. We've got miniature stories that are part of it, but we're all going one way. And if you read the Bible, God says it all ends up in one place. Um, and I know some of you are thinking I'm biblically uh, wrong here, but let me say, explain what I'm saying here. We all end up in front of God. We all do. Every single one of us. And that he either uh, is able to say, listen, I know you, and you've done well, you, you know, we have a relationship, and I appreciate that. It's not that, like, you went to church, it's not you were good, it's not that you didn't cuss, you didn't drink, you didn't smoke. It was like I know you, and I have a relationship with you. So you and I are going to spend time in eternity together. Or the, the other option is that you've got people that are going to come to him, and they're going to say, hey, Jesus, remember Easter? Christmas, I was there. I heard about your story. And he's like, yeah, but you can go to church. I didn't know you. And they're going to go that way. So there's eventually that highway is going to split off into two different places. But we're all on that same journey. And so what mark are you going to leave? on? Okay, so that's kind of where we talked about last week. Last week, uh, we talked about Paul. Actually, we talked about Saul. How many remember? Talk about Saul, okay? So if you are here last week, I'll kind of recap for the rest of you. We talked about how Saul was walking on a road to Damascus and he was literally going to chain up Christians to bring them back, torture them, kill him, all that kind of stuff. He actually got, like, permission from the priests. The priests, the holy guys with the, like, big hats and everything, they're like, yeah, go kill Christians. Okay, so that's how this worked. They weren't a fan of Jesus. And so, uh, you know, he goes and, and God says... I'm going to mess this guy's life up right now. He's on the road to Damascus with his homies, his gangsters. we said last week, remember? Yeah, it's not in the Bible, but that's how I preach, so here we go. Uh, so he's, he's like on the road, and all of a sudden, God like shines this light that blinds them. Okay, they're all, they're all just kind of wondering what's happening. The other guys can't see anything. They can hear what's happening, but they can't see anything. Paul's the only one that can see. He's blinded. He doesn't eat or drink for three days and he's blind and he can't see anything. Okay? So God says, go into this, go straight to this person, and he's gonna tell you what to do. And the guy's like, who who are you? And he says, I'm Jesus, who you've been persecuting. Like Jesus decided to talk to this guy individually. Is that crazy? Uh, Like I mean, if some of you like may want that to happen, I don't think it's going to happen for a lot of us. Jesus chose this guy. And then he was talking to the guy on the other side that was going to meet Paul. Okay, this guy's a Christian. And uh, remember we said how crazy he was? Because Jesus said to this guy, Ananias, he said, now you need to go meet this guy that's been killing people like you and tell him about me and tell him he's all wrong. And Ananias is like... (laughs) I don't know if you read the newspaper, but this guy kills people like me, like beheads them, stones them. He's like, nah, I, I, I've got it taken care of. Here's what he says. It just breaks everything down that I know. He says, no, he is my chosen instrument. So go after him. And so, so we kind of landed there last week. He we said, who's, who's the chosen instrument, or what is God calling me? Because a lot of people in this room, God is calling you out big time. God is calling you to do something. And you may be running from it, or you may not have heard it yet. Maybe that's down the road. I told you guys, uh, if I'm on your playing field, God didn't call me until after my freshman year in college. and But he did it. It was like, I, I, I knew it. Okay, and Some of you guys know it. Some of you guys, and maybe it's a smaller call. Like maybe you need to talk to the person next to you that has a logger next to you. Maybe you need to talk to your teammate, your, your family member, about me. And we've been running away. And just because God didn't open up the skies, you know, doesn't mean that we, we have a chance to disobey Him. So what's the mark that God wants to make for you? What is it? Tonight we're going to be in uh, 2 Timothy, if you have the 2 Timothy chapter 1. Let me tell you a little bit about what's happening. That's the text on the screen that we're going to be going through. A uh, little bit of background. Can, you, can we do something with my mic? I'm hearing a lot of, like, buzz and stuff like that. I'm ADD and it's not happening. Uh, so, uh, Paul, okay? His name is Paul at this point. Remember, God changed his name from Saul Paul, which I think is pretty cool that when God, like, calls him out and equips him, he gives him a new name and a new purpose. I thought that's pretty cool. Um, I wish I could change my name, but it'd probably stupid, um, if I got to choose it, that's probably why God did that, um, I'd probably be like, I, I'm not even, it's not a good idea for me to just come up with names on the spot, um, I'll probably say something that I'll regret, so I'll just skip that part, but um, in Timothy, in 2nd Timothy, Paul is writing like his last letter to this guy, okay, now picture this, Paul is this guy, like I said, that had this moment with, with Jesus himself. Uh, no one has the same kind of story as, as Paul, and so Paul has uh, since acts, spent all kinds of time, playing in churches, pouring into church leaders, doing all this kind of stuff. Okay, he has made a huge impact. Uh, put the map on the screen if you would. Uh, remember, last week I said there's this map, and Paul went all over this map. He went everywhere. There's yellow on the screen. We said last week, Paul's influence was felt. Okay. There was 100% like just straight influence all over that map. And a lot of it had to do with Paul. I'm sure a lot of it had to do with some other guys too. But what he would do, he would go to these cities, set up churches and say, all right, go and lead this thing. And then he would move on and do the same thing. Go and lead this thing. Lead God's people. And so Timothy was one of his guys. God, you he, he, he hear the words, uh, my son in the faith, which means he led him to Christ taught him how to be a pastor. This guy is his like coach, his mentor, and he is spending his last days writing this guy. He is behind bars. He knows that he's about to die, which by the way, he was beheaded as a Christian, okay? Um, Wasn't very fun. This guy's already gone through a whole bunch of junk, been stoned, uh, not recreationally, Um, but he was stoned. He was, was
1: what are y'all gonna get that?
0: I'm not always serious. Uh, he was beaten, spit at, uh, called names and stuff like that. And he knew his death was imminent. Okay? He knew it was about to happen. So he writes this letter. And he's writing Timothy. He's like, dude, I wish we could hang out one more time so I could talk to you about the last thoughts on my brain. Guys, this is so big. This is his last words. Okay, so Paul writes to Timothy. He writes to this guy that he trusts. Timothy's out being a pastor in Ephesus. Paul is writing um, and he's writing this like when Nero, and how many remember we talked about Nero? Nero was the emperor and he was like lighting Christians on fire in his courtyard to to light his parties. Because light bulbs weren't available back then. But no, seriously, like he hated Christians that much. He would tar them and light them on fire. He would cut their heads off and, and Impale them and, and like put them down the path, like his driveway, like hundreds of Christians. Okay, so so this is the reign that Paul is living under. He knows what's about to happen. Okay, and here's what he says in 2 Timothy 1 For God is not given us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and sound Paul says this to a guy who's living in a time when Christians aren't just being like made fun of. Like, we can't talk about this in 2010 because we don't know what it's like. Some of you are like, well I get made fun of because I go to church. We don't know nothing about what this guy went through, what these guys went through. We're talking death. That's why they had underground churches. They would meet in secret. This stuff is still happening today in other countries where that's not allowed. Literally, there's a thing called the secret church that's happening all over the place. No one knows about it because they have to meet under like closed quarters and read the Bible. And then they go back out and live in a land where it's illegal to be a Christian. And we don't know anything about that. And Paul's writing this, he says, God hasn't given you a spirit of fear. So I don't know about you. But here's what I know about me is that when God calls me to something, generally, it's outside of my comfort zone. Are you with me? Does anyone, like, know what I'm talking about? It is outside of your comfort zone, okay? When God calls you to love your enemy, is that ever fun? Like, if someone says something bad about your family, and God says you need to love that person, I don't even know what that's about. I don't even know how to do that. And Paul says he's not giving you a spirit of fear. Okay, when God talks about uh, not fearing what people are going to do to you, I'm going to get that to that in a minute. But like, people are going to persecute you because they persecuted me. That's outside my comfort zone, guys. I'm thinking it would be easy for me just to say, you know what? I'll tell people what I want to, what what I think they want to hear, and I'll go on living my life, uh, and I'll be able to share the gospel if I'm alive, right? It's not that way. Because here's the deal, God's plan has always been what He chooses for you, not your plan. Not, I'm going to stay alive and I'm going to make this happen. Because you know the difference is, the problem with that, the Bible doesn't say that. The Bible never once said, if you stay alive, then you can do this on your own strength. That's never what it was about. If you're not afraid, then you can go do it on your own strength. I think a lot of us... I want you to pay attention to because I'm going to rock the world here in a second. I think a lot of us are living a Christian life that is easy. And because it's easy, it's not actually what God is calling you to do. Okay? Like when the disciples were on a boat with Jesus and they were freaked out because they thought they were going to die. It says they were afraid. They were trembling. They thought they were going to die. And Jesus was with them. You know what He's doing? Sleeping. I think that's hilarious. I think that we're supposed to laugh at that. Because that's the way it is. And now, we're not talking that God's like taking a nap while you're in your like troubles and stuff like that. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is that what the writer of the Gospels is trying to portray to you, through this very true story that happened a long time ago, is that God's gotta take care of you. you don't need to freak out, okay? So like, if you think that you're not able to handle this, I wanna tell you something. God says, "If you're in it, I'm equipping you. I'm taking care of you. Okay. So if you're in it and you decide to get out of it because it's unfair or it's uh, scary or because it's you think uh, it'd be better if you did it your way, then you're not following God." Let that break you a little bit. If I don't want to talk to my neighbor about Jesus because I'm afraid he's going to think I'm funny or weird, then that's not following God. If you have a family member that, that you know hates the church but you're afraid to go after him because you don't want to ruin the relationship there, then you're not following God. If you have a friend that you, you know is dying and going to hell, and you won't invite him to church because you don't want to sacrifice the friendship, let me just tell you guys, I mean, it was never about your ability to change anyone, ever. What would it look like if we could live with, like, freedom, knowing that God is the one that's taking care of it in the first place? Like, I walk over to my neighbor, and I'm saying, God, it's all about you. I'm going to open my mouth. Please don't let me say something stupid. It's up to you. Okay, if I say something stupid, God is up to you. If you walk through life saying, God, it's up to you, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna step it out, I'm gonna step out there, that's a, that's a life of faith. Funny, huh? Following God requires faith. It's funny how it works. So we said, God has not given us the spirit of fear. Okay, so if you're fearful, let me tell you something. If God didn't give it to you, who did? Uh that hurts, right? Satan gave you that spirit of fear. Satan wants you to be afraid. Satan wants you to avoid everything that God has for you. That's it. Like, there's God's path, okay? Let's, let's call it this path in between these two chairs. That's God's path. You know what Satan wants you to do? That's scary. Why don't you go that way? Or you can go that way. Or maybe you even want to go that way. But don't go that way. Okay, because that would be scary. How many of us, don't raise your hands, it's just rhetorical. How many of us are so afraid to take God's path because you have no idea where it's going. That's I want to be honest with you, that's me. Sometimes. Because I read the Bible, and most of the guys that follow Jesus ended up dying a horrible death. Most of them. John the Baptist was supposed to be the greatest man alive. You know what happened to him? Killed. Brutally. Like he was the most righteous man. Not that you're not cool, you know what I'm saying? But he was like, the Bible said, he was the most righteous man. This was the dude. And they killed him. Okay? So Paul's writing, where is it? This is not on the screen. Uh, Chapter 2, verse 3, he says, Suffer hardship with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so that he may please the one... Can be enlisted as a soldier. Also, if anyone competes as an athlete, he does not win the prize unless he competes according to the rules. The hardworking farmer ought to be the first to receive the share of the crops. Consider what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. He's saying, suffer hardship with me. What it meant to be a disciple, what it meant to be a learner, what it meant to be a follower, okay? In this case... Uh, Timothy was a disciple Not only of Jesus But really of Paul In in, in a real sense Paul was training Timothy Okay So Paul was like A teacher Or coach uh, To Timothy And he's saying Be a disciple of Jesus Okay You know what it meant To be a disciple of Jesus Follow Not only like follow his teachings But follow in his footsteps Follow what he did You know what happened to Jesus Yeah That's what he's saying But that is what he's saying, guys. So he's saying he's not giving us a spirit of fear. He's not giving us a a spirit of timidity, it says in another language, or another um, version, but of power, love, and a sound mind. In 1 John 4, 7, it says this, uh, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Again, fear doesn't come from God, love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Uh, There's another verse that I didn't put on the screen that just hit me. uh, That perfect love casts out fear. That's in 1 John 2. Guys, a great place to start your devotion. Like if you're not doing one 1 John, go hit it up tonight. Seriously. 1 John, it's in the back of the Bible. It's only five chapters long. Perfect love casts out fear. You know what that means? If you're afraid, that means you don't have perfect love in you. You know who perfect love is? Jesus. If you're not following Jesus, if you're not going after Him... And that probably means you're afraid, okay? So you're starting to kind of see. It's kind of a simple way to look at things. If I'm afraid, then I'm not letting Jesus lead me. And if I'm going to take my own path, then Jesus is over here saying, Why are you off the path? Come follow me. If you're fearful, you have to know that you're following Satan. Is that crazy? Like, because you wouldn't say that out loud, right? You wouldn't put that on your Facebook. I'm following Satan today. <laughs> right? But if you're afraid to go after the people that God is telling you to go after, then you are a follower of Satan. In a practical sense. He's given you a spirit of discipline. That's another way it said... 2 Timothy 1, seven, He's given you a spirit of discipline. You know what that means? Every time someone says, the devil made me do it, bull. <clears throat> Every time you mess up, and you kind of like premeditated it, you know what I mean? Like you thought ahead of time, I'm going to sin and it's going to be good. <laughs> okay, laugh because like we all know it's true. We all know what happens. <laughs> I'm not asking for examples. I'm just asking you to say, yeah, I do. Yeah, it happens. And my parents are going to be out of town and... Gosh. Okay, so here's here's what I want to say, guys. Uh, we're, we're talking about following Jesus in a real way. Um, I didn't talk about power yet because I want to show you something. Uh, the Greek word behind power is, uh, is dunamis. We are say dunamis. 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 You kind of got to say it with, like your stomach. Uh, dunamis, dunamis, dunamis. Uh, so, so this word dunamis uh, comes from a word, no, I'm sorry. It doesn't come from a word. Is where we get our word, what would you guess? Anybody got an idea out there? Dude. <laughs> Dude! Dude, where's my car? No, um, that's not it. Box. Um, box did not come from Dunamis, no. Although that's a good thought. I didn't think. I put my keys at the bottom of a bunch of junk in my pocket. I asked my friend Bubba today. Anytime I ask you Bubba anything, you should usually be afraid. Uh, I asked him, I said, I need need to show some people this. Yeah, there's a key in this box. I said... I need, I need to know something. I said, you, you go to deer camp a lot, right? Which is a dumb question. Because I'm the only guy in the state that doesn't go to deer camp. Okay. Uh,
1: At one point, he told me about
0: something that his friend does. And I don't know why you do this. I need you guys to follow me. Uh, I don't know why you do this other than just because it's fun. Uh, but there's... a. Uh, is an otter? Where are you about? Is he not in here? He's not even in here. He's not even in here. That's unbelievable. Uh, it's right there. Uh, otter dance, I believe it's what? Beaver. Beaver. <laughs> There's these guys that like blow up these 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 beaver bands. Um, okay. um, the word the word dynamite comes from dunamis. Okay, so I. Okay? So, he spent like four hours today kind of walking me through this. And uh, I wanted to show you this because I want to be real about it. Like I said, that this, this stick of dike wouldn't like level the block or anything. But it would level this building. And I'm going to be careful, like I said, I'm trained. <laughs> From a guy named Bubba. By the way, everyone needs a friend named Bubba. I mean, the stuff that this guy does but I got to thinking about the word dunamis and how this word dynamite comes from work. and uh, I thought I thought how crazy is it that God would actually call us something that, that means dynamite because you're thinking um, uh, I'm thinking like, Explosive, like I know a lot of Christians look like that. You know who I'm talking about. None of them go to this church. None of them. Okay, somebody (laughs) does. We get that later. Uh, So anyway, I thought. And, uh, I didn't know that until today. I'm not that stupid. But you guys probably didn't know that, uh, because of how I've acted the last three years of my life. Uh, if this for a Stick of Dynamite. I'm gonna wrap it up real quick. You know the power that lies in this Stick of Dynamite, okay? It's fake, I understand. But pretend with me for a second that that is real. Have you have seen shows like 24? or like any Lost watches in your favorite TV show ever? But we're not talking about that right now. Uh, if you are a lost watcher like I am, the name Arst means something to you. Nobody? No lost watchers in here, okay? Yeah, okay, you got some Arst on you. You know what I'm talking about? All right. uh, man, I need to focus. So here's the deal. You've got this stick of dynamite that everyone knows is explosive, and that's not what God is saying God isn't saying, you're just going to blow up and kill people one day, okay? Although some Christians... Never mind. Uh, the power... I mean, the, the, the word is not power necessarily. It's the ability that that one little stick has to change the landscape of where it is. If it goes off, it's huge. The ability that that one little stick—and he even mentioned to me—he said dynamite is much smaller than that. It's like smaller. Type was into small, okay, but it will level an entire uh, beaver dam. For this case, I don't, I don't know. Here's the deal, this son. God is saying from the beginning, if you can put that verse up there, Romans, second two, two three, one seven. God hasn't given you the spirit of fear. He's given you a spirit of power, and what he's saying is he's giving you a spirit of dumas, a dynamite, and you guys don't know it. If you're a middle schooler in here, let me just say something. Like, you could change the world, but you're thinking, I'm just a middle schooler. What do I do? Who who am I to change the world? If you're a high schooler in here, you can change the face of the entire planet. But I think a lot of us, we're dwelling in fear. And we're following Satan. We're going all these other paths and right where God wants us. And he's giving you a spirit of, like, dynamite. The ability to change the entire world. And we're too busy playing Xbox 360, talking about people and faking life and going to church and acting like we're good when Jesus hasn't changed anything. And the whole time, God is saying, this is you. I'm, I'm ready to use you. But if you want to be too busy living your own life and fixing your own problems and living in your own strengths, that's fine. Don't ever experience, don't ever expect to experience this kind of power. How many of you, you're thinking, and you don't have to answer this, you're thinking, the Christian life is boring, I don't know why I'm doing this. I want to experience a real Christianity's life. A lot of us in here want that because we don't know that... This is what we are. And God has given you the spirit of power and of love and a sound mind. And He's given you abilities to change the world. But what are you too busy concentrating on? Let me tell you guys. Paul later said to Timothy. He said in chapter 2 verse 1. You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace of Christ Jesus. The things which you have heard from me and the presence of many witnesses, entrust these to the faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Suffer hardship with me as a good soldier of Christ. Uh, he says earlier in chapter one, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord or of me as prisoner, but join with me in suffering for the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which has granted us in Christ Jesus from all eternity. Guys, how many we're just living stupid lives. We're living like stupid, meaningless, no power lives. We're about to enter a season of ministry where it's up to you guys to change the world. There are thousands of kids out in your counties that don't care less about Jesus, that are far from God. And he's calling each and every single one of you this out and say, you know what? Dynamite. I have the ability to change the world. Not on my own skin. Not on my own power. But if I say, it's up to you, God. It's up to you. Maybe God would actually look down and say, you're my chosen instrument. And I'm going to use you. But that doesn't happen unless you're actually going to look and say, it's up to you, God. I'm here for you. It is up to you. I want to be used. I don't want to use it on my own power. What's my plan? You've written it for me. You've created me. What is it? And what would happen if like 150 teenagers decided that they were going to let God determine the plan of their life and they were going to go forth with boldness into their community? Let me just tell you something. Every time that's ever happened in history, revival broke out in countries, not just cities, not just schools. I showed you that map. Paul had influence on that entire thousand mile radius. One dude. Eleven guys changed the course of history for Jesus. Because they followed him. So it's up to you. It's at this point now where I don't want the emotions to take over. I don't want us to get all excited about what could happen. Here's what I just want to say to you. It's up to you. It's up to you to give up the stupid, meaningless life and turn and actually follow Jesus. So let's do this. Uh, listen, we're late, and if you need to go, I want to just allow you to, to just quietly step out the back doors, but we're going to do something a because, because it's right. Okay? So, girl, can I have you guys come up and, and play for a little bit? We're just one to have a guys want to Here's what I want to do. I'm going to have you stand up real quick. We're going to do something. I'm going to have you stand up. And God is asking you to do something tonight. God is calling you. Do you know God's been calling you to do something crazy with your life? That most people would say is crazy and is stupid. I'm, I'm going to ask you to make a big decision tonight. A big decision. It has nothing to do with me has everything to do with you following God. So here's what I want to ask you. How many of you, let's slow eyes quick, this has got to be real. How many of us would say, I want God to be the, the planner and the director of my life. Just raise your hand slowly. You want God to be the one that directs your life. He's going to equip you. He's going to take care of you. All you have to do is say yes. Okay, you put it down. How many of us in this room know that God has planned big things for us, but we just don't know? Just slip up your hand. You just don't know. Okay? You can slip down. One more question. How many of us in this room? You've been running from God. You're ready to come home. Just lift up your hand. You're ready to come home. You're ready to be used by God. You've got friends that you know need to be reached and you haven't been caring about them. You haven't been taking care of them. Slip up those hands high. Guys, we got some world changers in here. Keep your eyes closed because here's what I want to do. You can slip those hands down. There's a lot of us in here that have been running from God and that know that, that, that he's running after them. He knows that he's calling after you. And you know you need to stop running. It. You need to just go ahead and accept Him as as a as the Lord and Savior of your life. If that's you right now, I'm going to invite you to do something in just a minute. But I'm going to talk to a couple different kind of people here. If you have you would consider yourself a Christian and you know that God is calling you something big, I'm going to invite you to make the decision in a decision to that too. If there's people in here that have just generally been running from God and you want to get it right, I'm going to ask you to make a decision in just a minute. With your eyes closed, here's what I want from you guys. If you know you need to make a decision tonight, here's what what I want. I just, any kind of decision across, any kind of ideas, would you just lift your hands up? You know you need to make a change or a decision tonight. Raise your hand. You're going to go forward a different person. You're going to wake up tomorrow a different person. And you're going to move forward. Here's what I want to invite you to do. No one's looking. No one's looking. All eyes are closed. I want you to actually be bold and follow Christ tonight. Because we have a lot of people that will raise their hands and will say it out loud. You can slip your hands down. We'll say it out loud, but we won't do anything about it. And I want to tell you, your friends aren't going to get reached that way. And you're not going to change your life that way. God's not going to change your life that way. So here's what I want to say. I'm going to invite you to make a decision right now. And if, uh, if you want to uh, accept Christ for the very first time, what I want you to do is come forward and grab a counsel. If you know you need to change your life, and get some stuff out of your life, I want you to come forward and grab a counsel. Go ahead and come on. If you've got stuff to deal with, eyes are closed, guys. Eyes are closed you got stuff to deal with. You need to deal with it. These counselors are just begging to help you through that. So here's what I want to say. It's up to you at this point. Because our youth ministry is about people who are changed by God being used by God to change the world. So I would invite you to get involved. I'm going to give you about another minute and we're going to close the shop. It's up to you. guys, I want to ask you a question right before we pray. We're going to leave on kind of a soft note. And uh, I want to ask you, do you want what God has for you or not? And then I want to ask you, are your actions and your beliefs and the way you live your life, do they match up with wanting to be used by God in a big way? Because you have that power in you. Example on Paul, but thank you for showing us how you went you after Saul, and you—I mean, you—you you all natural laws to reach Saul, and we see the influence that that had. And, and God, I just gotta know that there are students in here that have been impacted in a big way like that, that are, are sitting on their hind ends because they're going to heaven now, but that's never what you had planned for us. God, I pray that we would become a group of people that would listen to you and would obey whatever that meant. If you sent us to a third world country, we would go. If you sent us to the person next door, we would go. That we wouldn't let fear take over because you never gave us that in the first place. I pray that we would be God followers in this room. And I pray for the students that are here, the students that are making decisions right now, the people that are deciding to follow Christ for the first time, the people that know they're called to ministry and just need to bow down, the people that are just changing some things about the world. God, I pray right now that you would just please break us of what we need to be broken of, Align our hearts and minds with yours. <laughs> so much would change if we just did that. If we stopped talking. About people. If we stop backstabbing people, if we stop choosing families, if we start loving everyone more than our own selves, including our enemies, God, what would happen if a group of students would get together and do that? God, we would change the world for your name and your glory. And God, I pray that these teenagers and these adults and myself and my family would get in line with what you have, would follow you. And we're experiencing true change because of your plan for not our plan. So God, with that, it's up to you. Here we go. It's up to you. Quit this, God. Call us, guide so we're going to go. It's Amen.